Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. If you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. If you want to be on the show, you can DM us there. And if you want to listen to us or any of the other shows we do, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts by just typing in my last name. Again, that's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, and you will find all four of our shows on Instagram or any of the other major ones, such as iTunes and Google Podcasts. So that being said, I have a very special guest with us. I have Nico back from Muckle Gussies out of New York, New York. How are you doing today, Nico? I'm doing good, Justin. Thank you for having me, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I've had some a weird health thing that happened recently, but I'm doing well. Um, it's part of life, I guess, especially as we get older and men. It's weird. I used to be a fiend to go to the doctor, get my checkups every year, and then I start creeping into my late 30s and early 40s, and I'm just like, whatever. And I guess I'm a little bit paying the price here and there. But I am good. Uh, life is good. I can't complain. Uh, it gets better every day. Not any easier, but better for sure. And, um, but I'm good. Um, so it's almost 4th of July as we're recording this. And I know you did a big event. I'm going to jump right into the questions. I know you did this big event and I have some other questions, but first I want to hear about this event. I, there's a palm tree festival that you were at and in the middle of the Hamptons in Long Island, I'm not even sure that palm trees naturally grow in Long Island or in the Hamptons, but you were at this festival. So tell me about that. I mean, no. it's quite a ways to go. Um, and it seems like a huge event because there's other food trucks were there and other entrepreneurs that have been on this podcast, like Bell Fries, that were at the event as well. So let's just talk about this event because it's something enormous and it looked like you had a good time. Oh, man, it was it was insane. Absolutely insane. I've been going there for the past uh, two years. This is our third year. And... Uh, the audience doubled, just straight doubled, bro. It just, and it was just like, yo, that's like a good, make money good time. You know what I'm saying? That's a make money good time. Like you're working, but you're having a good time as well. And it, the, the crowd is absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, and and it was just a really, really good time. Again, I just can't, I can't stop to, uh, to, to brag about how fun it was to work there. The hours were very, very long. The lines were like uh, very long. The good thing is that event finishes very early, and uh, the people in charge there got us out pretty quick. Uh, the commute is very very long, but who cares, bro? You know, making that money, having such a good time, you can't go wrong with events like that. Cannot go wrong. You know. So how and, do you get uh, involved with an event like that? How, did you get invited? Like, or have you because yeah. you've been going there all the time? Like, how did that all happen? How did this this sort of coordinate? Did someone find you? And yes, yeah, so somebody somebody reached out to us via our website, and uh, they requested us for catering. Uh, we got on a quick phone call. Uh, the first year, uh, we do uh, June twenty fourth is uh, maybe the busiest day of the year for us. We do an event for uh, Palm Tree Music Festival, and also they fall on the same date for uh, for a family friend of ours who whose daughter passed away due to epilepsy. So we do a charitable event on the same day. So both trucks are actually working. And uh, that event was also phenomenal. Uh, my brother usually attends, you know, the, the Joanna Foundation event, uh, which is to make like epilepsy awareness. And uh, and I usually do the palm tree event. He takes less people. That event is a, is a bit smaller. You know, we have like 600 servings at that event. 
And, you know, we do upwards of a thousand at the other event. And, uh, and yeah, it's great exposure. A lot of our customers and clients from, uh, from Midtown are there already. Um, and it's just like, I'm telling you, bro, it's a really cool crowd. It's a really cool crowd. It's not, it's not rowdy. Yeah. You know, people are intoxicated, but all, all in good fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like this because I don't think a lot of people realize what it's like to do a thousand servings out of a food truck in a day. Number one, number two, it's just it's those type of days like make make the bank. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a lot of money that comes in, a lot of business, a lot of recognition, a lot of branding uh, for you uh-huh. guys. Obviously, spreading your name uh, if they can remember if they're not too drunk, as you said. But I think that there's a lot of that there. Uh, especially in New York, it, it's a hustle and it's hard and it's long days and those trucks are hot. But I, you know, there yeah. is uh, the reward for you know doing a good job and being invited back. So you've been invited back three years, you know. Yeah. And you're obviously you do this charitable event. Those that's another thing you've been doing for a long time. So let's talk yeah. about how you manage these relationships with your clients and customers. How do you maintain? good relationships with them to make sure that you're consistently invited back. You know, you touch base with them. You always remind them that you're there. Um, you make sure that your, your service is outstanding. Uh, you make sure that your quality is up to par and, um, and you continue to create that relationship. You know, people, you know, it's, it's, it's not only a people thing. It's also a, a, a service quality you know, we stand by these things. I'll tell you again, Justin, it's, you know, if, if there's something that we believe in and we stand by, if it's like a motto that we have within the culture, within Uncle Gussie's culture, it's quality, quantity, and excellent service. And I'll repeat it. Quality, quantity, and excellent service. You give that to the crowds, they're coming back. They will call you again. I, 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 I guarantee it. I'll put the big G stamp on it. Guaranteed. So give me a give me an example of what you mean by the the quality and the quantity and the service. Let's break them down a little bit. So yeah. what do you mean yes. by quality? How do you um, uh, let's break down each of the three uh, and I can ask it again. But, you know, what do you mean by let's break it down even further? And how do you make sure that you and your brother and your team members or employees are making sure this happens whenever the trucks go out? Yeah, look, uh, that's one of the hardest things, you know, if, if there's if there's something that I need coaching with and multiplying, it's actually having somebody like a quality assurance team, to say the least. Right. Where does it all start? It all starts in the purchase of your product. Right. You know, and I know that since the pandemic, uh, shit has just skyrocketed. It's went up 100 percent in cost. Right. And, and it doesn't seem like it's coming down. Right. So what do you do? Do you start? you know, buying a, a different quality and are scared to raise the price. Do you raise the price accordingly and continue? You know, if you're going to keep the quality, you're not going to skim out. Right. If you were paying, you know, 1379 for the skirt steak, it's now 2486 a pound for skirt steak. You better get that same skirt steak, same farm, same company, same butcher. Don't skim out, but now make sure you charge accordingly. You keep the quality and whoever doesn't like it. Oh, well, whoever can't afford it. I'm sorry, man. You know, you don't complain when you go to the gas station. You don't complain when you go to the supermarket. You got nobody to complain to. Right. So then don't complain to me. You know what's going on out here. You know what the price is. And and, and I'm sorry, but I got to keep my quality. OK, and then and then it comes down to quantity because the prices went up. What do you do? You, you take out a little less. A lot of large scale companies. 
as you know, it's like uh, in order for them to keep profits, they just make products smaller, right? Like the like if you notice a like a Chips Ahoy cookie, it's just it's just year after year it just gets smaller, right? Um, the way they package pasta, it's 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 an ounce or two less every year, but the price goes up. Um, they could do that because an ounce or two in a pasta, you can't see it, you know. But if you're facing me and I got to serve you, I got to give you the same amount that I gave you last year or the month before that. I'm not going to skim out. If a, if a pork souvlaki skewer is a quarter pound, we got to keep it at a quarter pound. But guess what? The price is going to go up. Right. And then and then what and then what's the third process? Excellent customer service. I mean, like by far outstanding. When somebody gives you the dollar, you take the dollar, you smile and you say thank you. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Always a thank you. Don't forget to say thank you. When you accept money, it's one thing that one thing that I don't like as a customer now, right? When I walk into a place and there's no customer service, I might never walk back in there. I might never walk back in there. That, even makes, if it's a, that makes two of us. I, I don't care yeah. how good the food is or the quantity of the food. If you don't a- appreciate the business and be thankful for it. Yeah. And I know because... I'm the way the same way around. I'm very appreciative of the business that I get and the people that come into my life and, and come onto the show. I agree with you 100%. I didn't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just no, want to no, emphasize no, no. that completely yeah. because it's so important. And, and, and Justin, we're, we're thankful that you, you know, you, you actually talk to us and you get to brief us and, you know, we conversate about stuff like that. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. But even if I walk into, you know, I don't want to bring names. Let's say I walk into a Chipotle by my house. They treated me like shit, man. And I'm like, really? But if I walk by Chipotle, you know, by the by the truck, let's say, let's say I'm in the mood for something else, right? Let's say it's like four o'clock, and before I go home, I just want to munch on something, right? My wife's not cooking, or so, you know, something to, right? They'll treat me good. I'll go back. E- even a big, even a big, uh, even a big shop like that, you know, big stores like that, they don't treat me good. I'm not going in there. I'm not walking into a Starbucks just because it's Starbucks. I don't care. You know, you got to treat me good. If, if it's a dollar, ten dollars, a thousand dollars, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, gotta treat me good, man. I'm a customer. I don't care. Just like how I treat my customers, I like to be treated like that. So I'm very selective where I go. Very, very selective. I agree uh, on this completely. And the humans, it's more about the human principles to me. It's about the principles. You know, I don't base it on personalities, whether I think someone's likable or they're cool or whatever, or their business is cool or everyone goes there. I'm like, if you're treating people badly, if you treat me badly, my family badly, like it's just a no winner for me. I get to choose where I spend my money. And I agree with you. And on the quality thing, and the increase, like you're right, over a hundred percent increase in our food over the last three years, and it's yeah. one, and and I love the consumers. Don't get me wrong, and the customers, I love them all to death. But when they complain about it, they don't realize that they're the ones actually responsible for it. It's the choices we've made as we voted. It's the choices we've made as we've allowed in tons of foreign food. Okay, where we allow the pork industry to be sold to the Chinese or Correct. or our broccoli and cauliflower also now all to be sourced by the Chinese. And, and they're just an example. But we are making these choices in the way we consume in the grocery store, in our daily lives every day. Okay. So I agree with you, this quality, quantity, service, we have to realize that we're responsible for what's going on in food. Every single nobody, one of us, the way we eat. So, nobody. Re- go ahead. Nobody. Nobody realizes that. Far and few people realize 
that the food chain is is being consumed and eaten away by 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 corporate by corporate conglomerates and the Chinese, yeah, and 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 other foreign entities, and and the way the way food trade and and the way they process things, nobody realizes that 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 less than five percent of America actually you know, feeds us, you know what I'm saying? And then you have all these foreign entities. Nobody realizes that they're taking away farmland. Nobody reads up on this. They don't give a shit. They just want to go get something to eat and go on their way. This type of comfort, this type of comfort is what's bringing all this to a demise. This comfort, this easiness of now, and this is why it's happening. You know, nobody cooks at home anymore. Let's start with that, right? Why is all these why are all these restaurants so busy? Nobody cooks. Nobody cares. Nobody worries about what they actually put into their body. Nobody's taking a stand for none of this. And it's unfortunate. I mean, there are people, but what's the percentage? What's the percentage of people like, no, I'm not gonna buy this chicken. I don't like this, you know? I'm gonna buy the Bell and Evans. I think it's better at the supermarket, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna get this one here, you know? And 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 honestly, what choices do we have as consumers? When we go to Whole Foods, it's all wordplay, right? Organic. Organic what? Who are you lying to, man? None of this shit's organic. This is just a play of words. It's, it's, it's they paid out. They, they, they paid to word it like this. It's a label. It's bullshit. I agree with you. And what's what we think is organic overseas is not organic here. And even though we they pass it off as it or they pass off whatever... It's not true. I mean, we saw the thing that just happened in hot dogs where there was like DNA of cats, dogs, and humans in the hot dog chain because we're getting the pork from from Asia and the Chinese who bought up our pork industry and closed nine of our pork plants. You know, and not to mention we have crazy stuff like chicken plants burning down all over the place, which is like never happened in the history of ever. I mean, one may go up here and there, but to have all those in one year and our prices go through the roof or now all of a sudden all of our egg prices went up and then dropped. um, Well, that's a funny thing to happen. There were plenty of eggs. Trust me. Uh, We just got to be careful about fear tactics. Fear tactics are a way for to control human consumption. Sorry. It's just the way it is. And it moves markets. Uh, fear mongering, I call it, and and fear tactics, but definitely moves markets. Fear sells. Yep. Fear sells more than sex. Fear yes. sells. Bingo. Oh, it's, it, that is that is that that is what you just stated is a fact. Fear sells more than sex. We got to take care. Of, number one, we got to take care of our health. You know, in order for us to 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 thrive in business, we have to be healthy. You know, and I, and I hope you're okay, Justin. You know what you told me, you had a little scare. I hope you're all right, man. Um, number I'm, two. We, it takes a lot to hold me down, and I do. I was scared yeah, for a few days, but you know, I just am like, what am I gonna do? You know, I got to go through this one way or another. So let's just go head on, do what I'm told. Maybe tweak my diet a little bit more. I'm pretty dialed in, and um, and try to to do that. So, you know, it, life is about that. I feel like it, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And it, like I, I always said the adage, but I never really truly believed it until the last four years, honestly. Like I not believe it in the way that I do now, honestly. Maybe I did believe it, but with COVID, with the shutting down, with what happened in the food business, with what's caused people, you know, I say this all the time. People don't realize this. What happened in COVID was crazy because we basically turned our support systems and destroyed them. Okay. It wasn't because we couldn't only see people. It's because we created fear in every single human where if I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. And I go to my wife, 
back in the day over my job or whatever or whatever as an example, then she can be like, oh my gosh, I can be supportive of you. I'm not going through that, but I can be here from you. I can balance this out. But when we're all going through COVID and everyone's afraid, there's no support system because everyone's in a state of heightened crisis. So no one's feeling better. Mental illness is going through the roof. We're making horrible decisions. And because we're in such a heightened state and we have no support system, we just become, I don't even know how to describe this, hollow humans would be the, we're willing to accept whatever is the easiest path. And we're going to let the government take care of everything for us suddenly because we're in distress or we've lost our peace of mind because our support systems are broken. And um, that's the thing. Leadership is broken. Leadership. Yep. The, The way, the way, of a real democracy is broken. Um, um, the people in office are, 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 are the ones that are embedding this fear into people. If people don't wake up and realize what's happening, we're going to be in a, in, in a worse state, Justin. That's the truth of the matter. Unless, unless we just, you know, we just go off the grid and, and, and we live off the land. We could always go back to that. I know. That's not a problem. We need some seeds, some animals, and we could take it from there. But let's be honest. A guy like me that grew up in New York from Astoria, Queens, okay? I could do it. I, I I could do it. I know I could do it. I could do whatever. I could do it. Think my wife could do it? Think my kids could do it? Are yeah. they going to be ready for that? Only, only upon struggle, they'll be ready for that. Only when they actually see shit really hitting the fan, they'll be ready for that, you know? Uh, I come from a... I come from a, from a long line of farmers because my where my mom and my father are from in Greece is, is is that's all they did was farm, farm and tend and tend to tend to golden sheep, cows, mules, donkeys, pigs. They had it all. They were living off the land. They came here for a better life, and they got a better life. But what did they give up? They gave up a real natural life. They gave up clean water. You know where we're from in Greece. It's a it's a it's a place called Nafbaktos, and where you know that's the main city, Nafbaktos. We're from you know two hours north of Nafbaktos, which is like central Greece, and the water is it's it just it just it's not well water. It just comes from the mountain. If you see moss on the rock, you could tap right into that. You'll have a a, a fountain of water forever. It won't freeze. It'll run. It's incredible. If you want to heat. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful up there. But let me tell you, there's nobody up there. And again, let's just take that. Everybody moved to the city. You know, I, I don't mean to get off subject, but... Yeah, no, you're right. You're, if, I agree with you. Keep going. We can if, keep talking about this. Yeah, things get, if things get really ugly, I'm heading back to the hills. You better believe I'm heading back to the hills. And I will find a way. You know, life will be physically harder. But let's say you wake up. 5 a.m. You'll be done by 2 p.m. You'll be done. You'll be done. You'll have your food on the table and everybody's going to eat. You could shower. You could stay clean. You could just you could just like live off the land. Think about it. You won't have internet. You won't have TV. You won't have none of that shit. No distractions. You won't have nothing in your head. You won't have nobody telling you what you can and cannot do. And you know I, what I mean? I agree think with about you. That. And I think, you know, it's just what we're, we're not realizing is every other country or, or anyone trying to do business in America, they know they're studying our psychological 
buying habits. And we consume at such crazy rates that it's very easy for us to them to raise prices on us and us not yeah. even blink an eye because they know that the consumers are so uneducated that they'll just blame the businesses or the entrepreneurs and, and maybe even the corporations here and there, but not really. There's always someone else to blame and they're very smart about it and, and deflecting the blame. And we live with a very gullible population now that's willing to believe it. It's unfortunate, yeah. but we do. There's no one perfect. actually does the research or, or verifies what they're being told. And so take the, take, take the, for example, restaurant owners, you know, food truck owners, anybody in, in, in our industry, right? Um, there's a cost for, for, for the convenience of using a credit card, right? Am, am I right? Absolutely. There's a big cost to that. It's not just 3.5% plus 10 cents, blah, blah, blah. There's more to that. There's uh, there's exchange rates for these credit card companies that you can't keep up as a, as a restaurant owner or a food truck owner. You yeah. just cannot keep up. And then you have the online ordering platforms. You can't keep up. But all this is for a convenience to the consumer, right? They won't call the place the restaurant or the food truck or the they'd rather go to a to a large box corporation like Grubhub, Uber, Seamless, a DoorDash, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and place the order there for that little ease of convenience rather than go on your website and place the order. What does that do? It enables us to raise the price. Why? To pay who? To pay you and me? No. To pay them. And what do they do? They just keep on raising these fees from 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 Grubhub, Seamless, Uber, DoorDash, ETC, to the banks, to the credit card processing company. They just keep raising rates. And why do they keep raising rates? Because like you said, they know that we are a consumer society. Well, and it's easy for those companies to blame the restaurants and the merchants for their increases or their problems or whatever when it's really their fault. Right. A lot of that increase is because they, they're not doing yeah. proper checks on drivers and the drivers are stealing food. And, and then on top of it, they're raising their rates from 7% to like 15 to 20% anyway, just because they know that now they've got the they've got the consumers locked in. So instead of doing the right thing and making it affordable, they're now almost making it twice as much to get your food. Their fees plus the, if you eat for two, the fees almost double your meal price. And people are still willing yeah. to pay for it. And it's not, the only person or people it's benefiting is not even the drivers. It's not benefiting them. It's Thank not you. benefiting the restaurateurs. It's hurting them. It's not benefiting the supply chain, the farmers, whatever. And I get that everyone wants their food delivered, and I am supporter of the industry. I get it. It creates jobs. But what, we, what we're not getting is that they are now the gatekeepers and the, the, the key masters of our businesses. They hold the key, oh, okay. and yes. they control the gate, which means they can charge whatever they want to the consumer and the restaurant, and they're making money on both sides. And guess what, guys? It's being taken advantage of of both of us. And there's no stopping it now. As humans do, we go all in, and we don't think about our decisions or what we're doing or the long-term impact, and it ruins lives and families and entrepreneurs and food businesses. And it's also the reason food costs are going up. Okay, we get our grocery store delivered now. We get 
everything delivered so much so that the margins are cutting into the grocery store and guess who pays the increase not only the person getting the delivery every single person that goes there and still shops is now responsible for those increased deliveries because they've got to do it out same in the restaurant your restaurants are increasing prices to cover their deliveries even though not everyone's getting them we have no choice because of what's going on in the market and once these companies have you on lockdown it's almost like rocketeering they got you now they raise the price the bribery keeps coming oh i got you now i'm protecting you you're you're my revenue source now but hey if you really want to do business with us you we're going to increase our prices two three fold okay no 17 seven percent to 20 percent i think uber's up to 30 percent now just to charge the restaurants and 30 30 percent unreal can you that's more than that? the tip you give the freaking waiter who does all the work for your food or the chef who who who's working for the food. You're paying what, this company, random company, more than you're paying the people working there for producing your food. Unreal. 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 You're, 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 on, you're on the money. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. So therefore, that's why a lot of places shut down. They don't account for all these costs. They yeah. just, you honestly can't do it. And then you know what happens? Then you have... Check this out now. Check out another racket. Then you got a POS system. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, get toast. Get clover. Okay, it's fifty nine ninety nine a month. Hey, listen, we could add in your Grubhub, your this, your that, um, your sister's ass. We could add in everything and anything <laughs> you want, but it's another you know twenty here and twenty there. By the time you're done with them, you're at one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a month just so you could account for what you're making. Like, are you kidding me right now, man? Are you serious? And and are I you, are, I love it because uh, one of the things, like if you do your own delivery and you have your own delivery drivers, the customers then complain that you're charging too much money for delivery when DoorDash and Grubhub and all no. of them are charging way more than you would charge in your restaurant. But then they're going to complain about it because it's you, not one of these crazy organizations that are fucking stealing the money right out of your pocket as soon as you click the button. Do you have? Do you know anybody who has their own delivery drivers? I don't know anybody. I know a few. Um, there's some, uh, Mike's Underground Pizza out in Long Island. He's doing his own delivery drivers. Um, you know, he's fighting back. Um, there's Pockets. I met a company out in Pasadena. They do salads and soups. I can't remember their name. I was just out there. I'll have to look it up. But they have their own delivery drivers for lunch. They do all their own deliveries. Uh, because, so I, but it's not as prof. It's not as it's hard because you have these employees on staff, but for them, they even said it, it's still cheaper for them to have these people sitting around doing nothing than it is to pay a DoorDash driver to drive over the food. And while they may get less deliveries, the margins, if you aren't careful, by the time you stack on the POS system and stuff like that, depending on the item and depending on the time of day, you may end up losing money. And if you're losing money, doesn't matter if they put 200 people in your door, you just lost 200 meals worth of food. You know? Unbelievable. You yeah. Know? So, um, so but the problem there's another, is, there's another racket called. Uh, it's a company called Relay. I mean, they're not really a racket. They're, they're they're a convenience. Relay. What Relay does is they 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 assign like, they have an API where they they lock in so your website and Grubhub and all these other companies. So every time you get a delivery, order, it pops up on their on their system. And once you have that order ready, you mark order ready, and a delivery guy comes. I think it's great. I think it's great. But here's the kicker. It's 525, 535 a delivery. Right? 
So if 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 your delivery is like twenty bucks, let's say let's say the ticket is twenty, right? I mean that's I, the I profit in some scenarios. Yeah, yeah. So so you're at a loss. Or you're or, or you're breaking even. Because now you gotta you gotta account for the twenty percent that the Grubhub is charging you, and then you gotta pay five twenty five. So let's do that on twenty bucks. What is that? It's five twenty five. So you're down to like uh, fourteen seventy five, right? Out of twenty, and then you gotta give twenty percent to Grubhub, right? So it's another uh, it's another uh, four dollars. So it's ten dollars. So you're at a loss. If the order's big, it's worth it. You get what I mean? So these companies, these companies like Relay, uh, there's another company that's uh, uh, Caviar, I think. Caviar does that as well. Yep. Um, these companies also conglomerize on the fact that all these delivery drivers now, they have their phone, which again, I think it's a plus. I'm, I'm kind of liking this. They work for all these companies simultaneously. They work for Relay. They work for Grubhub. They work for Uber. Whether they get paid hourly or on tips or both, they're making money. Now, who who also negates the situation for us? You see all these factors? We didn't have all these factors five years ago. Non-existent. Non-existent. You had your own delivery guys. They came to work for you. If they showed up, fine. If they didn't, whatever. One guy would take the slack of the other, right? No longer the case. No longer the case. Now you have to go through all these apps. Um, I think New York tried to pass a law where they were trying to say that these delivery guys should get $35 an hour. Who the hell is going to pay for that? Who is going to pay for that? I'm supposed to pay for that again? So, I, I don't know, Justin. I don't know, man. I don't know where this is going. I don't know either. And that's the hard part is because the problem is, is when the Grubhubs and DoorDashes collect all the money and the consumers are paying your fee as the food company because you've got to pass on the 30%. And then Absolutely. they're getting charged 20 to 30%, you know, for their order, even if it's quote unquote free delivery, it's hidden. I hate to break it to you guys. I mean, no one just gives up their money. And right. um, in the food business, trust me. And, uh, and so then they're not tipping the drivers. So the drivers are doing the work. The restaurants are doing the work. Everyone's getting ripped off. And then the consumer's like, oh, they're already making enough money because they're charged this amount, not realizing it doesn't get passed on the driver unless they're tipped, they get a minimum. And even if they're making a minimum per hour, to your point, it, it just it doesn't it it's not profitable for the drivers. I don't care how much money they're making, the wear and tear on their car, the 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 way the driving works, and then everyone thinks they can con the system. So then they're not actually picking up orders. So if someone doesn't tip any orders, the restaurant's business and quality is going down the tube because that order is going to sit there for an hour, two hours until yep. the drivers find like fuck it, I'll take the three dollars even though I'm not getting a tip. Yep. And that so happens. go ahead. That happens a lot i've noticed that happens with uber go ahead continue no no you're right about that uber and i know doordash is having the same problem but like and then drivers are like screw this why am i even delivering this food i'm just going to eat it because why deliver the three dollar food and it's just like this tumbling effect of you know what are we doing here and we we literally let an industry loose before we regulated it and uh, we were too busy worrying about COVID and thinking it was going to be the savior for the food businesses because the food needed to be delivered. And in some ways, I guess it helped. But, you know, unless back in the day, you used to be able to make money and do the routes better and all that. Now, 
the the DoorDashes, the Grubhubs, I've seen that the drivers could make money and they get in front of it and collected it beforehand. And when the consumers are already spending money, like I said, they're less likely to tip more. You know, they're now mm-hmm. making excuses. They're hesitant. And so while we're doing well and creating jobs, the wear and tear on the cars, the freaking oil changes, the brakes, you name it, the insurance doesn't even cover it anymore. Like these drivers are working around. You start seeing them get six months, a year down the road and like, whoa, I'm losing money. Well, no shit. You're not getting tipped enough and DoorDash isn't paying you enough. And guess what? Get Why is that? If you just did it with the restaurant directly, you might stand a chance because they're not going to take your tips and they're going to give you an, a good average wage, potentially. But when you're worth DoorDash, it, you're not getting an average wage. And if you are, it's not all day long. The, the business goes in and out and they have algorithms that temper how much money you make now. You know, it's not like it's a free for all and I can go make as much money as I want. I can right. work a certain amount of hours. They're never going to let me make $1,000 in four hours. Even if I get a $250 tip, the, thereafter I get regulated down to the smaller tips or non-existent tips. Okay? Algorithms. I didn't know that. Algorithms, yeah. right? Yeah, it's algorithms. And so because yeah. they, they got to be fair, even if you're a top driver or you're ranked a top priority driver or you're a catering driver in some of these apps, they do – you know, there is balance there. There's other drivers. So even if you're the best of the best performer, you may get preference, but you're still sharing it with all the other drivers. Okay? Can you imagine data, the data that these companies have and how they repackage and sell that? Yeah, that's it's a, the scariest thing. Another, I... That's another way they generate probably large amounts of revenue, probably more than the racket that they're doing to us. Yeah, you got imagine it. Imagine that they know what you eat, when you eat, how you eat it, and how you like it, when you like it. Yeah. Another thing we're starting to see is these concepts are creating their own ghost kitchens or or finding their own kitchens around the country or creating their own concepts. Um, You know, you have the Dash Mart now. Well, that's direct competition with 7-Eleven and the grocery stores and all that that thought they were benefiting by using, you know, DoorDash. But now DoorDash stole their data and specifically and strategically puts DoorDash Marts at the locations where those volumes are the highest. Just saying. Is that a New York thing or no? Not yeah, yet. they have it in New York. There's one in Newark, and I don't know where the one is in Manhattan, actually. I do know, like, as soon as you come out of the Holland Tunnel, there's one there uh, in Newark. I'm not Newark. I'm um, sorry. Whatever that is. Um, uh, what's the city as you get out of the Holland Tunnel in New Jersey? Yeah, Newark. No, Hoboken. 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 Hoboken, thank you. Yeah. And so, like, um, I should know that. I drive through the Holland Tunnel all the time. It's my favorite <laughs> way in and out of the city. But it's... Um, it's interesting, right? And I agree. It's, it's a people found a business and they found a solution. And now we're willing to pay for it, and it's easy. But holy crap, is it doing damage? And their yeah. investors and who invests in these companies—it's a free for all, you know. And who does it really benefit? Well, we don't know, you know. So at least when you're ordering from a mom and pop that is running a business and they have their own delivery drivers, you know that it's benefiting your community and the families in it. And while you may be benefiting the drivers, it doesn't go very far. So what do you see in the future, Justin? You see like cashless society and robots serving people? And- I don't. I don't. I think we've opened a door that we can't close, um, unfortunately. And I'm not saying that we're getting out of it, but the drivers will eventually lose their jobs. It'll all go automated. There'll be automated delivery. It's just going to go to robots. Why? Because why not? Why would if your DoorDash not keep the whole thing? Why not if your consumers not want to tip anyone? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is these smart cities are going to go full steam fast overnight. Yep. 
robots, all that's going to come in and, and they're just going to tell everybody, thank you. It was fun. Thanks for playing. Here's your, here's your UBI and all these jobs, all these Uber drivers that drive the taxis and the, you know, the service of, of, of picking up and delivering all the deliveries, all that is going to be something of the past. It's going to be something of the past. Um, and people don't realize this is why I stay in food. People still need to eat, and you, food is still customizable. At some point, I know everyone thinks an AI or a robot is, can cook food and do all that stuff. There's too many anomalies in food. There's too many anomalies that come with natural food. If we stick to eating the right thing and eating natural food, there's always going to need to be food entrepreneurs and food and cooks and chefs and people like that, okay? I, I and you know I've seen automated waiters in New York City, which is just mind-boggling. I fucking want to kick them in the face, the robot. And I, I, I get the purpose of it, but why are we getting rid of customer service? Why are we you, making it society like a, so a robot? We're making society more emotional by not being able to deal with humans. I know that sounds crazy to everyone because we think if we guard ourselves from humans, we're less emotional and we're less destructive. But isolation and non-human contact and non and being social animals and not allowing us to be social through putting buffers in the way, it's not good. It's not fucking Star Wars, guys. There's not going to be a bunch of droids running around that are helping humans. It's just not the way it's going to work. And humans aren't going to be able to find jobs. These are our jobs. So in food, yeah. we might be okay. You know, delivery business, you guys are all going to lose your jobs, period. Uh, most other industry in the world, you're going to lose your job. Uh, assistance, all those lower level, lower middle class, middle middle class, lower class jobs are going to disappear. And the economic disparity between the rich and the poor is only going to get greater. And that's what AI is doing. That's what we're all signing up for, guys. We're going to sign yep. up for a dark age, period. I'm sorry that I kn that it's going to happen, but look at the economics. Look at what happens when humans are fear-based, humans get lazy, and humans want to take the easy road. We've already seen it in years. Oh, just because we have modern technology or we think we're smarter than we were five, 600 years ago doesn't mean shit. We're still humans. We still deny logic. Our brains still play tricks on us. The most yeah. obvious thing in the world that we should do, we do the opposite. And so, yeah. and we don't stick up for humans. That's the craziest part. We're, we're so battling each other that when this stuff comes along, like, oh, let's just get rid of our jobs. Oh, and I'm a brilliant guy. Hey, guys, look at me. I created AI. I'm going to save the world. No, you're not. You know, I'm Bill Gates. I'm going to buy up the farms and save the farms. No, you're not, dude. You're a fucking moron, and you killed the farm industry. Good work, dude. You bought a bunch of farmland and you bankrupted it. Sorry. You may have done a good thing by Microsoft or whatever it is. I'm not always sure right now because I'm not sure where that's going either. But And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I am very worried about the decisions we're making as humans based on our survival. And it's weird because ultimately everyone jokes around that we are our own destruction. It's not God who's going to come one day and give us judgment no. day. We're going to fucking yeah, yeah, wipe yeah. ourselves out. Terminator 2, man. Yeah. Or Terminator One, or any of those, you know, it's just like well, no, emails, create the machine that kills emails. us. Frankenstein. I get emails. I get emails all the time about robotic AI machines that could fry, flip burgers, specifically Flippy. Have you have you seen that? Have you ever experienced that Flippy? Yes, and I've experienced the the fryers, and I've actually um, been in a fast food chain in Las Vegas. Uh, I think I talked about it with someone uh, where it was all robots, all automated. Bro, it makes me happy in a way. I, I hate to tell you that because I, I know. know you're like, it's it kind of makes me happy. 
because like if I put out a, 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 a you know, there's sometimes like I put out like looking for job descriptions, yada, yada, yada. I spend $500 on Indeed. Bro, people don't even show up for an interview. Like they tell me they're coming and they don't even come. I, I'm in the same boat, bro. No so, one wants so, to work in food anymore. But the problem is, is everyone thinks there's other businesses out there. So they're investing these times and these skills and door dashing and all this. And those skills are going to be fucking not useful in five to six that's years. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Everybody's like, yeah, I'll just fucking deliver. I'll make two, three hundred bucks a day or 150, 190. I'll work whenever I want. You don't know that you're just like you're setting yourself up for like real, real damage right now. That's what I want. You know, but they don't. People don't care. People just don't care. And I'm like, wow, bro, this is crazy. I would never, I would, I would never succumb to that. I guess, you know, I'm an entrepreneur too. So it's a little different. Like I don't, it's just a little bit different. My mental, you're an entrepreneur in the sense that you also grow humans and you grow your community. Not like you're not only after the money. No, no, no. At this point, I don't, I don't care about the money. You know, we're actually going to go look at a space uh, in a couple of days right now, like a physical space. And I'm contemplating, like, I where am it. I going to help in New York City? Where am I going to find? You know, because I, I was just thinking, like, I'm 46 now, and I'm, you know, it's a young man's game of food truck. You know what I'm saying? It really is a young. <laughs> that it, is true. It's, it's rough, man. It's you know, your bone starts hurt. It gets cold. It gets hot. It gets cold. It gets hot. You know, you need to. You need to. You know. Yeah. You know, I still train. I work out, but you know, no matter what you do, you still, you know, age is age. You know what I'm saying? And um. I'm probably going to, you know, ask for tenant improvement money and, and look for investors and, you know, go about it the same way and possibly, you know, try to multiply. But then I, I think of the setbacks and the setbacks are, what is it? It's it's actual help and, and growing my company with positive people. And and these days, in order to filter that, it's, it's, it's rougher and rougher. You know, people don't think of, uh, you know, food as something to grow in, you know. You have to incentivize, you know, make it nice, make it, make it worth uh, somebody else to come in and actually work for you, but work with you as at the same token. Once people see what we do, they want to somehow venture on their own or, you know, and I don't knock them for that, but you know, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. So when I see these robots like Flippy, I'm like, oh shit, look at that. You think that guy could flip chicken? Like he flips a burger. So what do I do? I send an email. What do I get back a reply? You know, it's in testing, uh, this, that, and a third. Um, are you interested? You know what it comes out to per month to have one of those robots? I know, it's About insane. $3,800. It's a lease. Yeah. They don't sell them. It's a lease. Right. So I'm thinking, okay. It's okay, because they so collect it's... the data from you and get to right, use it. Right, exactly. And it. Yep, and then they exactly. get to sell it to everyone else also. So I'm like, this is smart. They lease for now. They give you a fair price. It's probably cheaper than having a physical person there. You could probably work that thing 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Yep. Um, and they have maintenance contracts. They provide the maintenance and all that stuff, usually, right? in my What's experience. What's in the future? What's going to happen in the future when you're going to need that thing? It's not going to be 38 40 a month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, once they have you locked in, they'll do the same thing DoorDash and Uber did. They'll just raise and the prices. Exactly. Oh, man, that's incredible. So, Nico, I'm going to break this into two parts, and we're going to just pause here. We're going to break it into two parts, probably maybe even a third, because we got a lot of subject matter and haven't even got through any of the questions yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it apart for everyone.
we are going to stop here. We're going to jump right into data and then and part two. Uh, actually, I'd be technically part three since you already did first one. So this is part two. We're going into part three and probably even a part four based on we haven't even covered the subject matter. I know you said you have a lot of time with us. So I'm going to quick end it here. We'll pick up where we left off next time on the data question. And so thank you everyone for listening in. Thank you for your support. If you like what we're talking about, share the episode, give it to your friends, give it to your family, help entrepreneurs out there. Uh, You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. You can find all four podcasts that we do on Spotify. uh, And we're trying to grow those other ones. This is obviously the best and the oldest and the most viewed and listened to. So thank you everyone again. I love you guys. Keep sharing it. Keep giving us five-star reviews. Keep giving comments on those episodes. It helps. It gets the word out there. So please keep doing that. I love you guys and we're out.